damn it! I'd sell my soul to get this thing right! Two words, babe. Eternal damnation. We in business? We're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. Hey guys, it's Terry here. And um, I hope you enjoyed our conversation about her pilgrim soul. Maybe, maybe not the segment so much, um, but I think we had a good conversation. Um, yeah, that, that, that's that's what I'll say about that. The conversation was fun. Indeed, it was, and they always are, my friend. <laughs> Indubitably, right? So, all right. <laughs> uh, welcome, welcome to Strange Highways. This is. Uh, a show that in which we talk about the twilight zone. Um, uh, we've covered the 60 series. Uh, we've covered, um, uh, the Jordan Peele produced Paramount plus two seasons. And now we're into the 80 series. We're covering it segment by segment. And with this one, we are at a milestone. We are going to talk about season one, episode 12, segment B I of Newton. This is once we get done with this conversation, it is the halfway point of season one of the 80 series. There's a lot. There was a lot here. So, I mean, we started this in January. Long. We're now in, uh, we're in the very last week of August. So we got all the way through, you know, most of the seasons before we got it. You know, I, I turn around, I'm like, Oh, we've not been doing this long. We've been doing this for a while. Right. And we haven't really even taken that many breaks away from this. Either, no. So. Um, and just a counterpoint, I was looking uh, at the, at the social medias and um, the way Facebook is set up now. Like I, for whatever reason, it's now treating um, my personal Facebook uh, different from uh, the strange highways, Facebook uh, thing. So like, it's like, look at your memories. I'm like, I don't have memories of strange highways other than the things that we did. And it was fun along the way. Um, <clears throat> I was posting images this time last year, from the bewitching pool. So that means we had just finished season five of the original series. So think about that. It feels like that was forever ago. It really does. And I'd love to forget about that one. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, me too. That's why it's like memories. I'm like, no, no, it's, it's like, that was that meme of like, uh, where you, you, you see like the dog with like the background of like Vietnam, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I've <laughs> seen that one floating around lately. The dog's eyes look like he's completely traumatized. It's just, it's just you and I staring for with auntie, like in the bewitching pool. You're like, no, <laughs> never again. Um, you know, that, that'd be the bit in the Nightcrawler segment where it's like, you don't even know. And you have auntie showing up again. You're like, ah, no, no, do not want. So, so yeah, it, it just tells you where we were at this time last year. I mean, like it's been, we've gone through a lot. We did a lot of other, we had other asides. We did some creep show and yeah, we're, we're here now. So, um, yeah, I, like we, we still have another, 
you know, uh, quote unquote, like 12 episodes to get through the first season, however many segments that is. And then we'll do a big wrap up. I think that's going to be a crazy episode because there's going to be a lot to dig into. But um, with that being said, we always enjoy the conversation and uh, we'll, you know, like that's why we're here. And this, this segment, since um, her program soul took up approximately three hours of the runtime of the episode that was airing that night. Uh, this one's like seven minutes. It is uh, season one, episode 12, segment B, Eye of Newton, and, and Newton. I, I almost said that like, you know, Fig Newton. Well, it, it's spelled the same way. Um, I don't, do, do you like Fig Newtons? I don't like Fig Newtons. I think they're gross. I, I love Fig Newtons. Uh, they have like the different flavors too, like <laughs> apple ones. I love them. But then I looked at the side of the, the you know, like nutritional facts and I was like, Son of a bitch. I can't eat these either. Yeah. I think it was one of those things I liked them as a kid, but then I ate too many of them and I don't ever want them again. You know how like, I don't know if there's a thing that like growing up, you're like, I used to like that. And you're like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Like never again. At my, at my old job, uh, I used to bring a pack of pop tarts every night for work. And I just can't even look at pop tarts now. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like, they're, they're just, they're burnt out, man. Like yeah. they're old busted for me now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh fig Newtons are like, do not want. And then I think there was definitely one night in my, uh, like late twenties, early thirties where, um, tequila became a do not want ever again in my life. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's Jaeger for me. <laughs> 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 I briefly remember a fourth of July party where I, be- I believe I turned inside out for a second. Like, I think all of my organs exited my body for a brief moment and then came right back inside me because of tequila. So anyway, um, so yeah, I of Newton, it's spelled like the letter I of Newton, which is a play on I of Newt, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, so yeah, let's get into who did what. All right. So uh, we got our director as uh, Kenneth Gilbert. Uh, he did some episodes of The Incredible Hulk and The Bionic Woman. Um did you happen to know anything else from his career that, that you would want to that's bring That's it. I wrote 13 credits, all TV, four episodes in the Incredible Hulk. So he knew sad pianos. Yep. <laughs> so uh, next here we have our writing credits. Uh, there are two again for this one. Uh, we have uh, Joel, uh, Joe Hadleman. Um, and play, he did the screenplay for... Uh, wait, was it the screenplay? No, for the short one? story. Sorry. He did the short story. Short, short story Al, Alan Brennert did the towel play, yeah. Yeah, the story for this, and then the the only thing that I was semi familiar with uh, that he had worked on for previous or uh, around that time rather was uh, the screenplay for uh, Robot Jocks. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second because I have a mea culpa there that people attack me for. But people, by people, I mean my friends. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. I, I, I've fallen on my keys multiple times in regards to Robot Jocks, but. Uh, um, uh, Joe Halderman actually wrote a book called the forever war in 1974. That is a science fiction book that I, I know I have on my Kindle. I've not gotten to, but it was inspired by his experience of the Vietnam war. Um, it's an, it's an important sci-fi work. I've just not gotten to it, but yeah, he also, he wrote robot jocks, a screenplay for that. And he, it was released in 1990. It was directed by, um, Oh shoot. Um, Oh, I, I had that, that like the top of my head. Um, uh, the guy did, um, from beyond, um, yeah. Um, robot jocks, you're uh, scanning, scanning, scanning. 
Stuart Gordon, which I don't know why my brain blanked on that. But the big thing with Robot Jocks is that I, I have uh, argued uh, that something happened in that movie that was not actually happening. And I thought, oh, this is mind-blowing twist. And I had all my friends watch it. And I'm like, you don't even know what's going to happen. And then we got to the end, and it didn't happen. So uh, I honestly believe that the main Robot Jocks pilot was illiterate. And that was not a plot point. <laughs> but I was convinced of it. And... um my friends were like, really? Like, you made us wait for all that? It didn't even happen? And I'm like, well, I'm I'm not reliable. So, yeah. Um, I think Robot Jocks is a lot of fun. Uh, Halderman actually said uh, he was not entirely happy with the product, saying, to me, it's as if I had a child who started out well and then sustained brain damage. That's not... Oh, <laughs> and that brain damage was me thinking that the, the main character was illiterate. So, yeah. That's and so also too. I want to point out that uh, Halderman, uh, he was uh, drafted into the army where he served uh, during Vietnam. We talked about that. He's a combat engineer. Uh, he was wounded in a combat and received a Purple Heart. So the guy um, was a badass. Is a badass. Uh, and yeah, he wrote uh, the Forever War and Robot Jocks, which I need to revisit with um, now a better understanding of the plot. <laughs> yeah, maybe I've done that before too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've totally done that before too, where I'm just like, yeah, there's this, this amazing moment. And then you're like, this is not the movie. This, there, that was a movie of its own. Like or, that was completely I, different I must've had a dream once where I thought that was real. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I but mean, um, also to be fair, like with like as much as we've watched the twilight zone, it'd probably be really easy to like, be like, that's the one where that happens. And that's not correct whatsoever. You know, like, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to absolve myself for being wrong. I'm just stating that it, I, I can see what other people um, could be wrong about things, but I was really, really wrong about robot jocks. Well, I, I think your friends probably will forgive you. I don't know about that. Though. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, if, but, uh, I, if I have an event where I'm like, everybody should come over and watch robot jocks. Like we don't trust you anymore. I'm like, that's fair. That's fine. <laughs> we, we fool us once. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so next writing credit on here um, is Alan Bernard. Uh, Brennard, uh, we've talked about him numerous times. We'll talk about him again. So, uh, yeah. But if you didn't have anything else to add to those two gentlemen's careers, um, to the cast would go. And uh, we got uh, two people in this cast. So we'll be able to fly through it pretty quick. So Sherman Hensley is our main actor here, plays Sam. He was in episodes of All in the Family. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and I think the majority of our audience would probably recognize him from the Jeffersons. Yeah, I mean, Sherman Hemsley is like really, really funny. I just want to point out that um, his character uh, in you know, in the Jeffersons was actually written to be in All in the Family, which was a spinoff, right? And at first, uh, whenever he was approached to be uh, in All in the Family, he was like, well, I'm doing this play, and um, was it... Um, um, Lear, uh, the guy that was producing all in the family is like, I'll hold the spot for you. And there's two episodes of all in the family where, um, it was, it was, um, Sherman Hemsley, Hemsley, the character's brother in the role, like playing the part in the comedy. So then when he came in as George Jefferson, like he, like, you know, uh, he kept a Norman Lear kept it available for him because he liked him so much as an actor. So I think that's cool. Um, I'd also want to point out here, and I was looking up because um, I don't know if you know this or not. Um, All the family had seven spinoffs. Um, really? Yeah. 
And I was looking up like which which TV shows had the most, and it gets a little murky because you get into things like like uh, Law and Order and like NCIS and JAG, and like Star Trek. And I don't think I don't think those all. I mean, I guess technically because they exist after one show like came in to be. I don't know if they're all technically. I mean, they're spinoffs, but you know what I mean. Like I don't think they're as organic as like something like all in the family, which is like characters came from those shows and spawned others. Right. So I think that's a little different. So they had seven. So, um, the other, after like with all in the family, which ran from 71, 79, uh, there was mod with B Arthur. That was 72, 78, uh, good times, uh, from 74, 79, the Jefferson's 75 to 85, uh, checking in, which was, um, just one season that was in 81, uh, Archie Bunker's place because all in the family was still successful. So they decided to do a spinoff of its own show where he had a bar that lasted for four years. Gloria <laughs> lasted two years. And then the, the last one, this one is the, the, the oddest of all called 704 Hauser. It lasted one season because that's the actual address of the house that Archie Bunker lived in. But this was a different family living there. Well, that's weird. Yeah. I, I mean, they tried, does, but, but there how was, does that work? Yeah. But think about like, you think about all of the family as its own thing. Right. And then you think about the Jeffersons as being its own thing. Um, and good times and mod, like there's four shows that exist in their own space. Right. That's, I, I think that's pretty significant. Like, I don't know, like, you know, I don't know too many other shows that have spun off to have like, like wouldn't like, as much as like, you know, I've not watched good times or mod, you know, but like, I know them as their own things. Right. But they all came from all in the family. Right. It's as long as well as the Jeffersons. So, yeah. And like, yeah. I mean, they were obviously really popular shows. I think most people have heard of those shows. Maybe mod is maybe like the one that probably didn't have as significant. Of well a, now, but it was yeah. at the time, you know, like it was, it was kind of a big deal at the time because it was one of the actual, first uh tv uh, shows to actually deal with abortion as well like it's like I, I like yeah like it dealt with some like very serious issues but i mean because like comedies at the time could be like social commentary but also funny but have very special episodes and all the family never shied away from social commentary that was kind of the point right so um yeah i just i just wanted to point out that like you know this was this plethora of spinoffs and sherman helmsley is great Right. Like, I, I think he's really funny. I think like, and also it turns out like he's actually really, really, he was really reclusive. Like he didn't really give a lot of interviews. Um, so for someone that played George Jefferson, he was like, um, he was like, it was hard for me, but he was the character. I had to do it. So like, I think that's important for him to, like, he was like a very private person, but he understood that George Jefferson wasn't. And I think that speaks to him about his ability to actually project that character. Yeah, that's really interesting. I thought he would have been like a real goofball in real life too, and like be out outlandish and outgoing. Yeah, he didn't so give a whole lot of interviews, and then so like his big things was uh, George Jefferson. He was actually, um, I, I know you're a little younger than me. I don't know if you remember the sitcom uh, Amen, where he played a preacher, like a Baptist preacher, I think something like that, uh, and like that lasted for like a hundred plus episodes, one hundred and ten. Um, so you know he he had two successful sitcoms that he was part of, which I mean, you know, that's two more than you and I are part of, but I, I like, I like Sherman Helmsley. Like when you, he's a very recognizable guy, you know what you're getting and you can trust him that he can actually deliver the goods. 
Yeah. Yeah. He was a funny dude. I liked the Jeffersons. It was good. And all in the family was like, that was constantly on in my house when I was growing up. So, yeah. but yeah. So, uh, next year we have our last and, uh, last credit is Ron glass. He plays the devil. Uh, he was in episodes of Barney Miller, the new odd couple and teen angel. Okay. Well, there's also like, I would say, for me, he was also an episode of All the Family. So there you go. Uh, Bob Newhart show, an episode of Good Times. So there's uh, some connections there with him and Sherman Helmsley. Um, so he also was in Sanford and Son, which that you know that has no connection to All in the Family, but great. That's that's a lot of fun. Um, for me, he is Shepard Book in the series Firefly, which I wrote in my notes is Firely, which like because I can't type right, but Firefly, and then um, he ended up in the film Serenity, which was like the capper to the Firefly series. I I love uh, Ron Glass. Also, he was in four episodes of Amen. So clearly, these guys, you know, they they got along real well. But I like Shepard Book is a really interesting character. I don't think you've seen Firefly or Serenity. Um, cool character. Ron Glass is really really cool. I have not seen either one of those. Uh, I started watching Serenity, but then everybody was like, "No, you have to watch Firefly first. And I'm like, "Okay, well, I'll put this, I'll put this aside yeah. for now." And then, uh, well, a credit credit to that movie, you don't like. It's it's one of those things that like it's a little bit more rich. Not a little bit. There there's things that you're like, "Oh God, this pays off a lot." It, it's a hell of a trick that that movie is a good standalone sci-fi like movie that you get everything going on that you don't need to watch like however many episodes was a firefly. Cause that was a one season show on Fox. I think it had like 12 episodes. Like, don't, don't quote me. Um, I ended up watching it before serenity just because I don't know. It was one of those things. It's like, I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm near a blockbuster. I'll rent it. Um, just to check it out. And I ended up liking the series a great deal. The theme song is one of the worst theme songs I've ever heard in a TV show ever. I despise it. It was in the times of DVD. So if you tried to skip it, you ended up like, like fast forwarding two minutes to an episode and you have to rewind. Like you'd have to just suffer through it because you couldn't pinpoint when it was done. You know what I, you know, (laughs) like now there's a skip button. I would skip that theme song every time if I could, but Firefly is a fun series. Uh, Ron Glass is really good at it. He plays a completely different character than we're seeing here. Um, gone too soon. I think he's a really compelling and charismatic actor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I knew more about, uh, his career and what he's been in. Um, this is actually the only thing I remember ever seeing him in. Um, well, I've seen him in this, so if that's the only thing I know of, should I put, but, um, yeah, he seemed like he was, uh, he had an interesting career and definitely um, some stuff that I have to get back to. Obviously, Serenity and um, yeah. But if you Firefly. want to if you want to want to watch Firefly, I'm like I would encourage you to do so. However, there's so much content out there now; it's hard to be like I'm going to watch this thing from however many years ago. It's a breezy watch. Serenity is a great little film. There, there's some really cool shit in there. And um, if I told you, maybe this will maybe this will make you want to come back and watch it more. Is that um. Joss Whedon was actually brought in to do a rewrite for alien resurrection. He got like, like an original um, script pitch for alien resurrection, the fourth film. And a lot of like his ideas in that film, he ends up using in firefly and serenity and actually like shaping them the way he wants to. So think about like a lot of alien fours kind of being like a dry run for um, firefly and serenity. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's pretty badass. 
So. Yeah. So anyway, so that's our two people. Uh, I really like two character actors that I enjoy a great deal. So this is a really short segment. It's very dialogue heavy. Um, I don't know how to get into it other than there's a lot of talking and things happen. So I, I'll put it to you, Terry. Like, where are we at with this? With okay, Eye of so, Newton. Yes. Yeah. So we get Sam uh, played by Sherman Hemsley, like we said. Um, he is some kind of mathematician, teacher, a math, math teacher, I guess. And he's trying to solve some kind of equation on a chalkboard. He has papers that are all crumpled up, strewn around the, the classroom floor that he's occupying at the moment. And he's becoming a lot more frustrated with this equation. And he says that he would sell his soul if he could figure out how to solve this thing. Yeah. I mean, if only Matt Damon would show up as a janitor, um, to help him. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) but, um, so yeah, yeah, so we, we all of a sudden hear this, you know, thunder crash and all of a sudden there's, there is the devil played by Ron glass sitting behind him. And he's a, he's a fast talking devil. He's a, He's got like this lingo to him that he sounds like he's right out of a speakeasy or something like that. It's it's a very alliterative, like, like his dialogue is wonderful and the way he says it's a lot of fun, but I love these are sitting there with the sunglasses on his horns on his head. And he's like this, like, you know, really fit dude wearing a red t-shirt. And I love that the, the message on the shirt changes over the course of the seven minutes. But I, I think you appreciate the first one like the first message is hell is a summer festival. Terry, I know that you do a lot more concerts than I do. Did you at least appreciate that message? I, I've been to this festival. Yeah, it was, <laughs> <laughs> happened earlier this year. I was sweating my balls off at it. <laughs> so if, if a t-shirt was to appear for you that said this, would you wear it? I think, I think that'd be funny. I would have really, I, really appreciated you know, it. Honestly, this was the, the saying that I, I think I liked the most, but like you said that there's different sayings here. Uh, I guess we could probably run through them in a little bit, but yeah, yeah like some of the sayings are pretty badass. I wish I kind of, I kind of wish I had some of these on a shirt. <laughs> yeah. They're a lot of fun, but yeah, it just, uh, I like that his devil, it's like, he's just this cool looking dude with these horns that are like, they're like, you, there's, he has horns. He's the devil. Like it's not, it's not dissimilar to, uh, Julie Newmar, right. From of, of late, I think of Cliffordville from season four of the original series, right. It's just horns. And they're very attractive people that are very confident in what they're saying. Like, right. This is almost the kind of devil I prefer for Twilight Zone, where it's like the sexy horn devil. I'm like, yeah, Ron Glass, I'm down with this. Yeah, I, uh, that's a good call. I, I think it, it is funny to have this, uh, this fast talking, like very confident version of the the devil, or or at least some kind of minion of the devil, because they call him they. They, they call he, him the devil. In the yeah, he's, he's like a subcontractor. We find out. That, yeah. Like, yeah. Like he, he is he's a talent scout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he can get in the room with the big guy, but you got to talk to him to get to the big guy. Right. But yeah, the whole thing is like, uh, when, whenever, um, uh, Sam, uh, which is Sherman Hemsley, when I put my notes here, he's trying to solve math. I was like, good luck. Cause I don't understand math, but, and he, like the devil, like the, the devil shows up and he's like, Hey, you know, um, you know, 
is this what you mean? And Sam's like, Oh, it's just, you know, slip of the tongue figure speech. And then he's like, you know, we're both busy. And I love that Sam goes to walk out of the room and he, he does the whole like Pratt fall thing of like, not Pratt fall, but like the, the comic thing of like sm- smashing up against like the invisible force field where there's glass. Like you see him smash his face. So it's like the devil's not letting him leave. I thought that was funny. Um, but yeah, the devil's like, you know, all your math talk, uh, is very reminiscent. It's very poetic of like a, an old school incantation. And then you cursing like, you know, like God and invoking the devil He's like, that got my attention. And I thought that was kind of cool. Right. Cause it kind of hints at like, there's this like archaic, like speak of like, there is like this like satanic equation to get things working. I thought that was cool. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. I, I wasn't exactly sure like where he was going with all this, but the more and more he talks, it's just like, there's a, like almost like an enterprise that the devil has got going on. So they, this devil guy played by Ron glass is saying to Sam that he's like, you have talent. We could use you. I know exactly where to place you. And I guess the way that he explains it is that they get all of these people to go, go to hell and then they will sort them out to different buyers. Mm-hmm. And these buyers will have some kind of, I guess, eternal damnation plan for each one of those people or whatever. You know, it's like he says that he even has like uh, a perfect place for, for Sam and that this guy like buys people up by like. I don't know, like uh, the boatload or something like that, whatever the hell he says. He said a bulk rate. There was two of bulk them. One rate, was yeah. uh, he was taking like souls and putting them into reanimating like uh, like janitorial staff. And then later on, it was like there was a whole other world that is like um, like digits. And he's like, you could be a decimal, but like one day you could be a fraction, like this type thing. I thought that was really funny. I thought that was cool. I've always had this theory. Like I always wanted to write a story about like what happens to those people. They get so burdened by death that they decide to like, you know, um, like to take themselves out. But then like the afterlife's like, no, you still have a debt. And that's my explanation for every person working third shift at like a Taco Bell that like they're just angry at life because they've been brought back because they have a debt and they're paying it off by working third shift at a Taco Bell. Oh, I figured it would have been call center, but you know, well, I mean, yeah, potato, <laughs> potato, right? Yeah. It's just, I always feel like, I think, and, and like, that's very unfair to the people that like, they just want to get a job and get paid. But I'm like, every person you deal with these situations is just like, they're just destroyed and fed up with life. Maybe they've already like passed through the mortar coil, but it's like, Oh shit, I still have to pay off my student loans. You know, like whatever. Anyway. So I feel like this whole thing where the devil's like, no, no, we have the perfect spot for you. And the entire time Ron glass is like talking about like all these, like, you know, different challenges to him. And he sets up those rules where he's like, you get to ask me three questions and then ask me a fourth question or a deed. But he is like taunting Sam this entire time. And I just love the interplay back and forth between the both of them. Right. And then like the, the tasks or, uh, I'm sorry, the questions, like he already has them tricked, um, by saying like, what, is, what Sam says, like, like for real or something like that? And he's like, yes, and that's your first question. 
Um, so he, he's sneaky, but <laughs> yeah. he, he's laying it all on the line. He's just like, you know, the last time that somebody asked me to do a task and all that stuff, he's just like, and I, uh, I don't know. It was like something about like the, he, he can go uh, faster than the speed of light and he can answer any question. Like he's the man, like there's no way that anybody can pull one over on the devil. Yeah, because the whole thing is workers. like you're gonna ask me about questions, and then you ask, like the, the, the so the goal is ask me a question I can't answer, or or ask me to do a task that I can't complete. Because if you do, then you get your soul back. But otherwise, you're mine. And he just keeps like flaunting his ability to be everywhere and do everything. And I, I just like do do ever do yourselves a favor, people. It, like I like I know we've talked repeatedly about how a lot of this isn't available for streaming. This is this is available. Like, go go Google it. Yeah, there's a lot of like since for whatever reason, um, you know, Paramount <laughs> doesn't seem to want to ever put this up. It's out there. Go look this up. Ron Glass's dialogue that's written for him. It, it's so wonderful. Like, I love him just taunting Sam and talking about how cool he is. I think I think it's so much fun. It's so much scenery chewing in such a short amount of time. Right. So then we get to the point here where uh, Sam has to ask his uh, other questions. So he basically asks, like, what are the confines of his abilities? And, you know, he, he does. It doesn't matter. I can go anywhere. I can come back quickly unless I have to stop from lunch or whatever. So he's, again, still taunting him. And I, I guess we we could pretty much say what the, the outcome of this is. But um he gets to the fourth question, the fourth uh, question slash possible um, demand. And he tells him it's, it is a command. Yeah. Sam says, I have, I have a command for you, not a question. And he's like, lay it on me. Whatever he says. Yeah. Yeah. Lay it on me, baby. Whatever. And he's like, get lost. And that's when all of a sudden the devil is like, no. <laughs> it, i'm not doing it justice it's so it's so much more ridiculous than that and he just kind of implodes and turns into like a steamy pile of nothing on the carpet there or on the floor and all that's left is his slick sunglasses that he had on yeah i mean i think i think for what it is i think it's a i think it's actually pretty clever where after Sam is very logical and actually determines like the parameters of his opponent. And he asks an illogical question that, you know, isn't, I mean, it's allowed, but it's one of those ones where it's like, you didn't tell me I couldn't say this type of thing. Right. Where it's like, he asked, he asked a question that doesn't have an answer or sorry. He made a command that doesn't have an actual in, like outcome. And the devil's like, Oh, well you, you got me. Yeah, you know, like kind of like it's it's kind of like not not the same, but kind of similar to when we were um we covered um all what was it, um dealer's choice, where the devil was like, Oh, the one nice guy determined that I was cheating. All right, you held me to my own rules. I like I like that the devil has his own rules and is not like a bastard. Like he's a bastard, but he's like, Well, you got me. I set the rules up. I'm like, that's not the devil we know, but I like that the mathematician actually found the logic flaw and actually saved himself. I thought that was really fun. Right. 
Now, I would, I will say that I, I kind of saw this one coming, this outcome. I, I, you know, because Sam's supposed to be a pretty smart guy. Yeah, we have a very short runtime on this. I'm like, well, we're gonna put a pin in this real fast. So I, I, I kind of saw this one coming. I didn't know exactly how the outcome was gonna be, but I knew that the devil was gonna get one over on him. Yeah, I just. So with that being said, um, I, I think this is closer and like, not that we need to compare one series versus another, this setup feels way closer to the original twilight zone where it's just two figures talking it out and like a closed room. And I could have, I could have probably put up with another like 10 minutes of this. This feels like this could have been. Like this could have been a lot of fun. Like this is a lot of fun, but if you had this let let a little bit more room to breathe, this I think this could have been like 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 um, it didn't overstay its welcome. But I was wanting more, which I guess is a compliment. I, I could have used a little bit more padding to like make it more interesting. Because I'll be frank, I I wasn't a fan of this. Um, it wasn't really for me. I, I, th- I, you know, it had its little funny bits and that, and, and Ron Glass is the devil. He's fun enough, but I just wasn't, I really wasn't feeling this one. Um, How dare you? But if it, it was padded up a little bit more <laughs> with like maybe the questions and all that stuff uh, towards the devil, that could have been cool, I guess, but I don't know. Yeah. Just it, um, it felt flat for me. Uh, well, look at, look at everybody. Mark your calendars. This is one of the, like another one of those times. Of, of this series, of the 80s series, this and wordplay, where uh, Terry and I are going to uh, deviate. I I enjoyed this. I adored this segment. I thought it was smart. I thought, like, the resolution it was fast, because um, I feel like um, her Pilgrim Soul, like, sucked all the air out of the room for the runtime of this episode 12. Put that in, like, quotes, because this is what aired at the same time. I wish this would have had a little more time to breathe. Um, but I, I, I like the two leads, uh, Ron glass, just, just, he knew what he was doing this entire time. And just, I thought this was a lot of fun. Um, but, but let's just talk about the other shirts because these shirts kept his shirt kept changing. So we talked about hell is a summer festival. Um, what was it? Hell is a city much like Newark, which I think they're talking about New Jersey. I'm going to say Ohio. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> over was it over uh two billion served was another one i think was the other one i saw or like two trillion served i thought that was a fun one and then gahana more than a place uh more than a place a way of life so uh what that was referencing was the valley of uh hinnom uh gahana which is um it's in uh jerusalem it's uh supposedly like um like this bad like it's like in terms of like the end times or like, you know, it's, it's just like this bad area, right. To get to, um, I also like looking at the Wikipedia article here. It says, um, not to be confused with Gahana, Ohio. I like, I want to believe that there's two Ohio references here. Uh, cause Gahana is actually outside of Columbus and Newark's outside of Columbus. So yeah, uh, hell is outside of Columbus. I want to believe <laughs> both of them. <laughs> right. And then, um, and then, and then the last, the last shirt statement was let's do damnation. I, I approve of all these messages on his shirts. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I, I thought they were pretty fun. Uh, my my favorite is probably the uh, Hell is a Summer, summer Festival. festival. Like, <laughs> like if I can't find I, I that for that you, I want to make that. I want to make that shirt for you. I, if I can't if I can't find it, I'll make it for you because I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, the Let's Do Damnation one that that might in the wrong settings that might not work out too well. So no, um, but if I have to, like, I'll I'll change the spelling of Newark uh, to be like <laughs> representative Ohio. I'm okay with that. <laughs> like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hell is Ohio. I'm kidding. Um, you know, O H E L L. I don't know what that means. All right. So, uh, no, I just, I, 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 I'm, it, it breaks my heart that you, this one left you a little flat. I thought this was like, I it just, you know, I thought this was like kind of like the, the cure for what ails you after what we just got into. I thought this was a fun little smart segment. I wish there was more here, but yeah, I dug it. I thought this was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was it was a, a little bit more of a palate cleanse, I guess, compared to our last uh, our last segment. But I mean, I'm just I'm ready to move on from this this uh, this uh, <laughs> episode all together. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right. So um, yeah. Uh, any other notes? Because I have no trivia no, for this. No, that was all I had. All right. So uh, as we do, let's just rate that twist. Twist rating is uh, one we saw from a mile away and five mind blowing. Um, I mean, you got a math teacher that's going to work his way out. And like, so you have, there's that whole statement of you're damned if you do, if you're damned, if you don't also want to point out, there's a whole thing later, earlier on when he's like, when the devil's like, this whole thing's meta. I was like, did you, was meta a thing then? Anyway, um, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a three because this could have went one of two ways. And I didn't, necessarily expect that the professor would get the better of the devil yeah i i'm gonna lean with a one on this i didn't i wasn't surprised by the outcome <laughs> i wasn't surprised okay so, yeah. fine, fine fine i get it i get it uh terry is stone-hearted and doesn't want to have wonder and enjoyment in his life i get it it's fine but, yeah sorry folks uh, if you, if you <laughs> I I'm laughing because Terry's like one of the nicest sons of bitches I know in my life with like the softest heart. So, but you know, everybody's tastes are different. And you know, as long as he and I agree that her pilgrim soul was one of the worst things we've ever watched ever. I I think we'll move on. It'll be good. Right. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) I mean, you did, you did tell me that the bard is one of your favorite episodes of the twilight zone. I'm kidding. Uh, and, uh, aunt T from, uh, the bewitching pool. I'm kidding as well. All right. So, all right, that's going to do it for our discussion about, uh, eye of Newton, the seven minute segment. We've now went like five times past the runtime of the, the segment, which, you know, it's what we do here. Um, so, uh, before we're talking about what we're doing next, um, you guys could, uh, find us on Facebook at strange highways. Uh, I, I do have a number of, um, different images from this, this segment I will post. Most of them are involving t-shirts. Surprise, surprise. They're a lot of fun. Um, you guys can email us directly at uh, strangehighwayspodcast@gmail.com. wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. And Terry, where can people find us otherwise? Uh, we are on Instagram, folks. Uh, still hanging out over there. Still waiting for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, come check us out out over there. Um, you know, uh, do some likes, do some shares, do some whatever they do over there. Those young kids. Um, and then, yeah, like Paul says, uh, you know, anything that you can do on like uh, 
the you know Spotify where they do uh, rate and reviews and that. Give us a follow. You can actually follow us on there too. So you'll find out about like when we drop new episodes of Met, which I think is pretty sweet, you know. I think so as well. So I'm going to give a shout out here before we get into what we're doing next year to at the devil's ball. Um, our friends, Nathaniel and Samael, they're, they're, they're killed it over there. They have uh, crossed the 100 episode threshold mark, which, you know, that's significant because uh, anybody could do a podcast, but what are you going to do next? They've been doing their next for like 106 episodes. So the episode they're doing, the most recent one they published is about creep show. I thought I'd I shout that out because of anthology. Um, go check it out. Cause at least they got their cake. So go check out that conversation at the devil's ball. You guys can find it. Um, uh, those guys are good. Uh, they're quality and they got their cake. Yeah. They're both uh, super intelligent guys. They love film. They love talking about it. I've been on their, uh, podcast a couple of times. So I had a lot of fun. So yeah, please check them out. Yeah. So let's get into, uh, what we're covering next. And now, Mr. Surly. So we're taking a week off. That's what we're doing next. Uh, cause it's labor neighbor day. So we're going to take a week off. Everybody have a good, good holiday. But then after that, um, since we've officially hit the halfway point of the first season of the eighties twilight zone, we're going to take a little bit of a break. I think we deserve a bit of a break. Um, not that this has been a slog, but you know, let's get into some other stuff. Let's get a little weird. Um, uh, we've talked about this previously. Uh, Terry suggested this to me and I think we should do it. We're going to get into 1978's invasion of the body snatchers, a film I have never seen. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to school you, man. This is great. This is going to be a great conversation. I can't wait to, uh, dive into it with you. So here, here's some, here's some trivia for you that we didn't talk about last week. Uh, Don Siegel, who is the director of the invasion of the body snatchers from the eight is the father of Christopher Tabori, who was the lead in the last segment we just talked about. Yeah. I, I, I thought maybe that there was some kind of connection there. Yeah. Damn. Right. I thought, yeah. Right. Didn't, I didn't mention it. I, I, I don't like think we did. It. I don't think we did. Um, huh. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's been what eight years ago from last week. I don't know, but I, I don't think we talked about it. Uh, but yeah, we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Everybody. I mean, if you've been like paying attention to the internet, everybody knows the last three seconds of this film. However, I still think it's going to be, um, yeah, I can't wait to get into it. It's going to be like, you got, you got your, um, uh, your Donald Sutherland, you got your, uh, you got your Spock in it. Um, you got other people in it. It's going to be, it's going to be good. I, I cannot wait to talk about it. It's going to, it's going to be, so it's going to be in two weeks and I hope you guys watch it. I think it's on Hulu right now. Um, and where like, I'm sure it's also like a couple bucks to rent. This is an easily findable film. Uh, if you, if also, if you have suggestions for us, cause we're going to, we're going to take a couple weeks off before we get into the second half of the season. Twilight zone again, not because it's bad, just because I don't know, we've put our time in, we should deserve a little, uh, um, you know, um, what we call them, um, not roadside attractions. What we, what we call them, um, diversions. That's not the thing either. Um, um, what, what do we call them? I forget what we call them. Bereavement. What? Bereavement. Oh, no, detour. What? Detour. That's the word. Detour. Why yeah. did I fail on detours? All right. We're going to take a couple of detours. My God, my brain's broken. All right. So yeah, we'll have a couple of detours, suggest things. Um, and we'll consider it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that's going to do it for us this week. Everybody have a good week. Have a happy, safe labor day. Um, and in the meantime, I don't know. Um, like, you know, <laughs> Um, math is the devil and don't evoke the devil, AKA math. That's what I got to say. Let's do damnation.
You mention Dante to most people these days and they ask you how you liked Gremlins. 